0: Cryptic Codes. Corporate Creations. Alternate Alternate Identity. identity. Brainwashing. Multiple multiple Personality 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 Disorder. Disorder. Secret Identity. Time Travel. Alter Egos. Self-Deconstruction. The Ultimate Trickster Archetype. Everlasting Everlasting life, life. performance art. Is this genius or deranged? Is this a story of someone crafting their own non-existence? This is the incredibly mysterious, true and also untrue, story of... Welcome back, friends, to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Bentz. How's it going? What is going on, man? I've
1: been so excited about this. Um... What happened? Already a um, numb <laughs> Jeez. I've been so excited about this that, like, this topic has engulfed me just my entire existence for the last several weeks. And, mm-hmm. you know, midway through working on other episodes and all that, like, I have just been immersed in this topic. Yeah. And it has absolutely blown me away. And I want to say from the beginning that I hope that we do – this justice because, man, it's
0: fascinating. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I thought about this the other day. I want to make sure that everybody knows, look, our mission here at That Mm -hmm. Would Be Rad is Mm -hmm. to bring interesting, weird, sometimes scary, mysterious, Mm -hmm. fun, hilarious, nostalgic Mm -hmm. stories to our listeners. And then from there, they can dive deeper in everything. This is not an encyclopedia of knowledge about any Specific topic never has been, but our job is to present something just super intriguing. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say on the surface level, the second that our good buddy Johnny told us about this, we were at dinner for Tyler's birthday Mm -hmm. months and months and months ago, and he kind of told us about it. We had crappy service where we were, so I wasn't able to look into it too far. But once I did, at first, on the surface level, it seems very Sort of shallow. Yeah, shallow in terms of how much there is to this topic that we're going to talk about today, Mm -hmm. this mystery that's surrounding this guy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But once you start diving in, and Tyler kept on telling me that, like, dude, trust me, once you start diving in, and I'm like, God, man, I don't know. I mean, and no lie. As soon as I started diving in, Mm -hmm. it gets weirder and weirder. (laughs) Yeah. And my mind changes over and over and over again Mm -hmm. as to what I think is going on here. And I think we should just get straight into it.
1: Yeah, let me just say real quick before that, you know, when our buddy Johnny told us, so he gave me a ride home after. uh, Johnny and his wife were coming over to our house, and so I rode with him back. And he showed me some of the newest, uh, or the more recent Andrew WK videos, and they're just super weird. It's a topic that I haven't even thought about probably since the early 2000s. And same with you, Woody. Yeah, and, a, you mean a musician that I haven't thought about? Well, well yeah, I mean, anything about him. Like, I didn't yeah, even right. I didn't know of, like, any of these, even the sort of earlier, quote-unquote, right. conspiracies. So when Johnny was like, yeah, there's this whole thing, and, you know, he may actually not be
0: him. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. Let's start from the beginning, bro. Okay, let's go. All right. So who we're talking about today is a musician, some, many, sometimes, maybe not even mm-hmm. any of you will know. It goes by the name of Andrew Mm W.K. Now, if you kind of rewind back in your mind to when this guy kind of came onto the scene, early 2000s, -hmm. you're talking about a time period when bubblegum pop and kind of just really sort of crummy, very polished music
1: Mm -hmm.
0: was kind of closing out the 90s, the late 90s, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's this like resurgence of like songwriting and indie rock and musicianship that kind of exploded around the time of like 2001, you Mm -hmm. know. Bands like The Strokes and, again, early 2000s, like Kings of Leon, Interpol, Interpol, Franz Ferdinand, The Killers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Yeah, 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 the White Stripes. All of these people started just like popping up on the scene. And then also you had this guy, Andrew W.K. Now, you probably remember him because of that extremely recognizable album cover of his first album Mm -hmm. called i get wet where he's kind of staring directly into the camera and he's just got this gnarly bloody nose blood's just like dripping all down his face onto his white Mm t-shirt he's got this like long greasy hair and then of course you know his first single party hard so on the surface again nothing really seems too mysterious about him at this point let's rewind back a little bit 1993 is kind of about when he began his quote unquote musical career. He was in a bunch of like just random bands as you and I both were Tyler back in like, Mm -hmm. you know, high school and stuff. He graduates in 1998 and moves from Michigan where his family lives to New York City. At that time, he was kind of playing shows here and there in smaller clubs, kind of really establishing himself as this kind of unique sort of act. I think a lot of those early shows, it would just be kind of like him and a keyboard. Yeah, and he's like just karaoke be, style. Yeah, karaoke st- style stuff where he's got like this backing track playing and he's just like singing. Mm-hmm. But his personality and high energy was kind of electric, contagious, and a lot of people took notice,
1: mm-hmm.
0: including probably the most famous person that took notice somehow was Dave Grohl from, of course, Foo Fighters, but also legendary drummer uh, originally in the band Nirvana when Dave Grohl kind of took notice of him he kind of offered I think a few opening slots for Andrew WK mm-hmm. and around 2001 Andrew WK gets this record deal from Island and Def Jam and this is when he debuted that that studio album I Get Wet now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting thing about that record it was recorded in New York And actually had like dozens of contributors, different musicians playing, you know, the drums, the guitars, back and just all that stuff that happens on an album Mm -hmm. since he's technically just a individual Mm -hmm. as a a performer. But if you look into the liner notes, there was an executive producer named Steve Mike that's spelled S-T-E-E-V Mike. Mm -hmm. More on him or them later. Alright, so like I said, the first single Party Hard was released, you probably remember it, very sort of like pounding beat, keyboards, it was like this weird blend of like heavy metal, but not heavy metal, and, mm-hmm. but like super poppy. At yeah, time. poppy enough to like be easily accessible to people who don't like heavy metal or hard rock, really, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and again, he brought that same sort of energy, if you remember the video, that sort of is like headbanging and just like, you know, intense energy. And I'll just never forget, like, seeing that video for the first time. Here's this guy. He's got, like, a plain white T-shirt on, plain white jeans. These sort of, like, I mean, different people. My friends used to call them marshmallow sneakers. Just, like, these big, <laughs> thick sort of dad, like dad sneakers. Jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of like, I don't, I, you know, I don't really know what's going on here. But the song's catchy as heck. So, okay. Good deal. Which I, I, I can specifically remember. Because it was weird. It was, like,
1: he really did truly feel like he just came out of nowhere. right? And he, And then, like, you didn't just... It wasn't like with most bands where it was like, oh, you, you heard a song. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then they kind of disappear. Then they come back with a second album. And then it's like, oh, well, I'm I'm kind of into this now. Like this dude kind of came out of nowhere and then all of a sudden was
0: everywhere. Right. He's also just a very interesting character just to kind of give you some context in case you don't really know much about him. That same album cover that I mentioned earlier for the for his debut album Mm -hmm. i remember thinking like oh it's probably just fake blood well turns out that he actually smashed his own nose Mm -hmm. with a brick and also like jammed his fingers really hard up in there to make his nose bleed Mm -hmm. okay already if that doesn't tell you (laughs) a little bit about his kind of personality being a little quirky then hopefully it should now it didn't get the desired effect that he wanted not enough blood essentially Mm -hmm. and so he actually went to like a nearby butcher or something and got some animal blood, I think probably pig or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, poured more of it onto his face for the photo shoot. Yeah. Which by the way, I got to say again, you
1: know, we talked about this earlier, but man, I don't think he looks anything like even the him at that time. I feel like the album covers, I don't know. They look
0: totally different. Right. So he goes on tour. He tours pretty heavily in support of this album. Mm-hmm. And you know how record labels are, especially if you have an incredible success, just like a movie studio or just like whatever, and they want you to release that follow-up pretty quickly. And so he got back in the studio and he started recording the second album called The Wolf. Yeah. The Wolf comes out in 2003, again begins a relatively rigorous tour schedule that starts to slow down actually. Mm-hmm. And This is kind of the beginning of when his fans start to notice a little bit of just a little difference here and there. So December 17th, 2004, he is scheduled to play this show. It's like a charity show in Elizabeth, New Jersey. It's like a holiday show for the WSOU. And when he arrives he reportedly sort of was acting like very strange, very to himself, mm-hmm. quiet, low energy, which again is kind of atypical for him. Inconsistent, yeah. Yeah, inconsistent. He, he kind of rushed backstage to his dressing room, didn't really come out until it was time to go on. When he got on stage, people in the crowd reported that he didn't seem like himself mm-hmm. and even kind of just seemed like somebody dressed as Andrew WK yeah. who kind of looked like him but wasn't and would do a bunch of like weird things and even cut the show short. Mm -hmm. And so the fans that were there were kind of like really, really ticked off. They, at the time he had a website called AWK world Mm -hmm. that in the early stages of his career, they would have like a forum on there. He would answer fans questions and fans started to notice leading up to this charity show or whatever his replies became less and less sort of frequent. Mm -hmm. And they started noticing that the answers that he was giving them just seemed off. It wasn't like that sort of happy-go-lucky, positivity kind of guy that he was sort of known for being. Mm -hmm. And so after this show, they kind of did a couple things. One, they rushed to calling the club promoter and the and the booking agent and like the the guy that manages the club essentially, complaining and being like, "What is going on? We don't feel like we got our money's worth. So we got that going on." Well,
1: and also apparently there were so many calls to like the local rock station, people being like, "This was not Andrew WK. This was a, an imposter." So much so that then the the promoter actually put out a public
0: statement, right? And the fans also went to the website and they're like, "What is going on here? That wasn't him." And it wasn't just like one or two three people, it's just like all these people are saying like, hey, man, what's up? That was not Andrew WK. Or they would say stuff like, what's going on with him? Is he all right? He just didn't seem like himself.
1: Yeah, so he on his website, AWK World, he's always been the guy that would reply. And so on December 17th, apparently this girl named Christine Williams uh, started doing all the replies on the Andrew WK website. And so, you know, you have a guy saying, where the heck is Andrew? We don't want to hear from you. We want to hear from Mr. WK himself. And so her response to this is really bizarre. It says, thank you for writing me. I must admit, I feel slightly uneasy trying to explain to you where Andrew is. And let me also state for the record that I'm in no way trying to fill in for Andrew. I'm simply here to answer questions one at a time. On a moment-to-moment basis, tonight will be the last Andrew K.W. concert of 2004. Uh, We trust that the fans will will come out in full force and raise the bar higher than ever. This is our last chance to build a night of never-ending excitement. Sold out in New Jersey, I wish I could be there. As Andrew himself has stated, he will always be there. You just might not see him. Assumptions are once again at the mercy of possibility. Standards are suddenly stripped and elevated. Precepts and formalities no longer conceal the limitless possibility that's always been there and no longer will anticipate procedure shatter expectations or limit the endless variations of outcome that can, exper- that can be experienced now. Things which have become familiar are now anomalous. Due to the current circumstances, we still don't know who's causing this. We do have... Very clear idea how to continue our research. The most important thing is Andrew W.K. is hard at work on the third album. He's recording in New York City, working with Mario Dane and Louise Harland, which this Mm -hmm. will come back up later. Uh, You must know that Andrew is not moving away, all caps, because he's already gone, which means he's actually closer to you than ever before. Remember, no sign is a good sign, and that still remains the case. The most important part of this will remain and flourish like never before. It's possible that your theories of comfort will be shattered in the ultimate liberation of understanding. But just when we feel we have no grasp, we realize we've been holding on to the most solid structure the entire time. There is no, all caps, reason for this to happen, except that it is. Except that it is, and enjoy yourself. As always, your
0: pleasure remains the priority. Sincerely, Christine Williams. So, A yeah. couple uh, couple quick things, because mm-hmm. it was kind of confusing when you started talking about So this specific post is actually on the same date as the concert when right. the guy before the house hey where the heck is andrew they mean how come she keeps on answering the questions on right. this on this forum on on his website she's like uh, the webmaster apparently yeah the new one mm-hmm. a couple of things i thought were interesting about that response and we'll get more into this again, when she refers to, so she says, tonight will be the last Andrew K.W. concert in Two thousand, Which
1: also, to keep in mind, her name is Christine
0: Williams. Which is... K.W. Yeah. yeah. Such a weird answer yeah. from someone that is the, quote-unquote, webmaster. Mm-hmm. Right. And And so then the next day, which is the day after this
1: concert, where everybody's complaining, she responds again. It says, Dear AFI Wolf, imagine my surprise this quiet Sunday morning when I sat down in the office and saw 87 new emails and a whopping 403 new questions in the database. My jaw dropped. 403 new questions in one day. Well, it didn't take me long to see that all these people were asking more or less the same question What happened with Andrew WK in New Jersey? And where is Andrew? Many different people wrote in asking, Why was Andrew so weird? Another fan wrote in, The show in New Jersey was the best I've ever been to. But what happened with Andrew W.K. at the end? I want to start by saying that I personally thought the concert was tremendous. Keep in mind, she was saying she wished that she could be there the day of. December 17th will always be a date I remember with pride. It was a milestone marker for the future of Andrew W.K., which, man, that's telling. We all felt great seeing a sold-out crowd full of such passionate AWK fans. To answer all of your questions, there's been a lot of confusion regarding this New Jersey concert. People have been especially curious about where Andrew went after the show and whether or not it was, in fact, Andrew himself on stage. Please let me be the first to tell you that you can all take a deep breath and relax. Please calm down. It was a spectacular concert. Everything went over very well, and the night was a success. We should all feel great about the show. Many of you did mention some strange, unexplained moments during the evening, mainly due to the stopping of the show early before the band could finish the intended set and how andrew was moving this was due to a small problem with people in the backstage everything was taken care of smoothly and everyone made it out in one piece at the end of the show we moved at the same time as they worked with the equipment and finished it up perfectly Uh, we just want people to know that it went over very well at this point all we can do is look at the information we've been collecting and continue with our research into the facts we will not respond to false accusations, nor will we be threatened by those who choose deception over fairness. I'm never disappointed with a good AWK show. Thanks to the whole East Coast crew and everyone who traveled for making this the turning point without a hitch. When it's time to party, we will, we will all party hard, very hard. The show is perfect, and
0: that's all that matters. Long live the party. So <laughs> just to kind of bring everybody back up to speed here, this is December 2004, Mm -hmm. around this time people start noticing that he's less and less active on the on his website Mm -hmm. this lady christine williams starts to become the person who's responding to all these questions as quote unquote the web manager Mm -hmm. but when she's answering these questions it's like there's some answer and then there's a bunch of just weird stuff so weird and you know unfortunately for all of us the awk world website is no longer up so A lot of this stuff now lives in... Like the Wayback Machine. Yeah, the Wayback Machine, or, you know, some people have kind of archived a lot of these simultaneous to this happening. Two days later. Yeah, so just a couple days later, allegedly, AWK World is hacked, Mm. okay? Now, there is a message that is... Okay, hold on. Let me rewind just a quick second. Some of the responses that people began to sort of see to the fan asked questions on his website, mm-hmm. the responses from Andrew W.K. were in this strange cryptic code. Oh, yeah. It just, you would see this response to a question, it's all numbers. Now, what we kind of have come to find out is that it's a relatively simplistic code to decipher.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's basically. Wait, is that a callback to last episode? I mean. What a perfect, man! what a perfect next episode for us to have. Seriously. I mean, are we just like, are we, uh, it's that like our, our podcast it. now, we're like a cryptology podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a relatively easy code to crack. It's essentially numbers based on the letters of the English alphabet. Mm-hmm. You know, one yeah. corresponds with A, two for B, and so on. Mm-hmm. When his website gets hacked, essentially there's this message that is completely in this code and here is what it says. To start with, let me say that I respect you and our fans very much. You know how much I believe in you and all that you stand for, because I stood for it first. You know how much I love your music because I created it. You know that I love the way you look and act and talk and sing and dance because it was born in my brain. Hopefully by now, you've noticed that I've hacked into the websites. Maybe you haven't seen everything, But your fans have. In fact, your fans are well on their way to knowing the truth. I've been giving them bits and pieces, hoping that you'd come to your senses and stop trying to squeeze me out. Well, you haven't responded to my initial requests and you forced me to make threats. When you act unprofessional, so will I. Now I have no choice but to let the facts speak for themselves. I never wanted it to come to this, but I can no longer wait in the background and ignore your complete disrespect. You've exploited the automatic disadvantage our agreement puts me in. Our choice to let you enjoy the spotlight while I create the magic leaves me almost helpless. You will not force me to expose myself until I expose you first. I know that your quick rise to fame had clouded your memory concerning our partnership. I was willing to forgive your cruel and ignorant choices because you're a young star. However, your recent efforts to exclude me from the third album material will not be tolerated. I did not work for the last year on these new songs in order to have you break promises. Your fans deserve to know the truth. Your fans are smart. That's why I've put this same letter up on one of the many websites I've been creating in your name. By the time you read this, your fans will have already read it too. Don't worry. I've made it very hard for all but the most dedicated AWK fans to find. But know this. More and more people will find out the real story unless you stop trying to sabotage our agreement. I've chosen not to go to the press with this, yet. I do value our relationship, and I want to continue towards all that we initially planned. However, if you refuse to comply, I will have no choice but to let the world know that you are a backstabbing fraud. Now, it's up to you. Yours truly, Steve Mike. Mm. P.S. Unless you want even more people to find out the truth about the music our agreement, and your new girlfriend. Stop with your plans and hold up your end of the deal.
1: Mm. Boom.
0: Yeah, there's that name, Steve Mike again. Steve Mike. You might remember Steve Mike is listed on the album, uh, on the albums as the executive producer.
1: Yeah. And and let's also say, I mean, I guess it's a good time now to get into this, is this Steve Mike entity character, if you will. uh, He first appeared in the liner notes of a self-titled seven-inch vinyl record release. It was a, it, you know, self-titled, I guess, Andrew WK. He was noted, or he was credited as the producer. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of been on every single record, every single release, whether it was like demos or, or mm-hmm. whatever. He's had that Steve Mike credit in there. The The fans that were like really into this, 2004. Yeah. These fans were like, get you know, at this point, I mean, Woody and I both... Uh, we were kind of over it. It was sort of like, yeah, Party Hard was cool and all, but like, you know, whatever. I, we never really got super into Andrew WK. So, it, you know, we we wouldn't have known any of this stuff. That's why all these years later, when our buddy Johnny brought this up, it was like getting hit upside the head because it felt like it came out of nowhere. The last sure. I had known of Andrew WK, I, I didn't even know he was making music anymore.
0: Yeah. Okay, so shortly after that message was posted by The Hacker... We get a response from Andrew WK. Now, remember, folks, he is active less and less and less on this website. Yeah. But this time it is actually Andrew, or it's at least signed Andrew WK. Mm-hmm. It says, God, it's so weird. Oh, wait a minute. Hmm?
1: Weird. I didn't even notice this till just now, but I'm seeing. So this was Tuesday, the 21st, December 2004, you know, military time, 1453. His response came at 14.55.
0: Whoa, two minutes later. Two minutes later. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Okay, here's his response. Dear everyone, I had no idea what was waiting. I got back to my room. I noticed that I had no idea what was waiting. I got back to my room. I noticed I had changed. Oh, no. Already, I didn't like the sound of that. I immediately went and looked. Right away, I noticed that there were something messed up. I knew something was weird in this section. Then I sank into my stomach. I knew it. You always imagine you. What is that? I am this. The me. I can't believe me. Anyway, soon I started finding them. In parentheses. By the way, my manager showed me and I'm very impressed. Close parentheses. I spoke in the long process of forming cleared everything out geez I can't believe this actually happened I can't believe I'm here I can't believe it this whole Steve Mike thing I can't even begin right now we have solidified we are the company this was its insides that's the only way to the systems however there is a small part that thinks it could be someone undisclosed in privacy I can't even imagine this, but I have. I'm just a witness. You shouldn't see any of this. I talk about blackmail.
1: What is
2: that? In
0: all caps, please don't believe Steve Mike. I used to call myself Steve Mike a long time ago and it's nothing now. Mm -hmm. Someone is trying to confuse you and make me look bad. Like a relationship gone bad. Someone is pretending to be me and the Steve Mike guy. I don't understand why people are close. (laughs) In all caps again, I know you're reading this, whoever you are, we'll find you. I've made the following decisions. I've now completely removed myself. The music is all that matters for all of us and that's what I am. I have the best feelings about all of it because I know that it's right. We're stronger now more than ever and it's only because of one thing. We're still going long gone. Sincerely, Andrew WK. Hmm.
2: Who? Yeah.
0: I mean, extremely bizarre, right? I mean, that's the only way to describe that so response. Yeah, it's extremely confusing. It is almost nonsensical in, in mm-hmm. certain t- areas. It's just uh, so weird. Yeah, and essentially, I think from at that point on, that was the last post sort of signed off by, quote, Andrew W.K. Yeah, I think so too. Real quick, another quick thing about, that's important, I think, to note about this hacker and, and the hacker's allegations, aside from that initial statement that he that they put onto the website. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they alleged that Andrew W.K. was a moniker, handed off to different uh, hired actors, each yeah. who played Andrew W.K. So, in other words, in that allegation, kind of... Saying that, hey, look, the person that we know as Andrew WK is nothing more than an actor who is mm-hmm. literally playing a role that he was hired to do by we don't know. Yeah, it, record it's, company,
1: uh, something. It's like a mantle, like how Bruce Wayne has Batman, mm-hmm. you know. And it, and it's kind of the way, at least at this point, the way that well, I guess not really at this point. At least Steve Mike is kind of kind of saying this is like. You know, there's multiple Bruce Waynes to fill in for Batman, Mm -hmm. you
0: know. And what's interesting, too, about just this whole Steve Mike thing is, again, on the surface level, people that are hardcore, like, pre-internet sleuths, Mm -hmm. or, I mean, you know, early internet sleuths, and people that just kind of, like, really dive into liner notes, on the surface would just be like, oh, okay, cool, Steve Mike is who produced it, you know. Right. And that's it. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, this name is used again here, and that's really kind of what just ignites this sort of like, wait a second, who's this Steve Mike person? And then you can kind of like retcon back to, oh, they produced like the first couple of records. Yeah. And all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is in 2004. Between 2004 and 2006, you don't really hear anything from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's still touring at that time. So, yeah. So like his tour
0: schedule slowed incredibly just very sort of sporadic dates Mm -hmm. the website manager in that initial response kind of made reference to this album that he was apparently quote-unquote working on called the power never stops forming right which never was released so that's kind of what they were pushing out to the press because i think at this point like people were kind of noticing he's just not around that much like where is this dude you know yeah that that's i'm glad you brought that up because this
1: was also around the time that, if you remember the Christine, Christina Williams post, the original one, she said, you know, Andrew's hard at work. He's already got 10 songs in. He's recording in New York. And so that album never, nothing ever happens. So then the, I, the only thing that I have is in the next thing is in 2006, Close Calls with Brick Walls comes out and it's only available in Japan. Well, then we don't really hear anything until 2009 when uh, an article comes out from the guardian, which is like a pretty big deal in London or in Britain. And basically he comes out and says they released this only in Japan because he was caught up with, he had a, an ex colleague collaborator and family. The way it was worded is a little weird, Mm -hmm. but he said, basically they were in legal trouble and it kind of, Uh, trickled down to get him into a weird situation for using the name andrew wk
0: his statement about the end of 2004 and and that whole thing was because this person had like a lot of different complaints with andrew wk they were able to quote unquote turn his life and career upside down he wasn't allowed to use his own name with certain areas of the u.s entertainment industry and that's you know dealing with like owning the rights to his image and who should get credit for quote inventing it Mm -hmm. and he says this made my life complicated and intense for a few years but i kept working and do whatever i could to keep moving forward and that's why the album was only released according to him in japan um which further kind of pushes this narrative of of
1: there being like multiple or it being like a mantle or you know whatever Mm -hmm. so around that same time that the guardian article came out he had another album come out called 55 cadillac It originally comes out on a new label that he had created, which is a a label created in the UK called Skyscraper Records. And what's weird is then a few months after that, uh, the the aforementioned Close Calls, Brick Wall's album, would come out. He would re-release it under his record label, but then at this time, the record label's name changes from Skyscraper Records to now Steve Mike Records. Which is yeah. weird, and also, you know, again, the the weirdness, you know, the 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 title "55 Cadillac" is weird because, like, if you're if you're writing a year, you would have your like your little dash at the end for like the year yeah. 55. It doesn't have that, and a lot of people sort of tie this back into, you know, the letter E being the fifth le- letter in the alphabet. 55 EE Steve Mike Cadillac. I don't know what the, mm-hmm. the Cadillac Well is.
0: and like in the forms and stuff with those code like the people that were like the ones that kind of figured out the alphabetical sort of like the code break basically. Mm-hmm. The cipher. A lot of times they would they would recognize that fifty five and kind of the letters around it and note that it would mean Steve Mike. And so eventually it started being referred to as they would just refer to Steve Mike as 55 on those forums and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this album is called 55 Cadillac mm-hmm. yeah could be a coincidence, but boy,
1: howdy. Yeah. So like I said, you know, a few months later, they re-released the Close Calls with Brick Wall's album. The interesting thing is the original cover basically showed, there's, so, you know, flames or something in the background. You see Andrew W.K., you see his face is all blurry, and on one hand he's holding an album that shows on the cover of the or the CD rather, uh, the CD case. It looks like him and he's like kind of like scared and like a lot of people say it looks like he's like trapped in there. you know, he's like being held prisoner Then the other one he's like kind of happy. You know, when when the record is re-released under Steve Mike Records, now the face is completely just cut out, even if you you know raise the brightness and contrast in Photoshop. It's just completely black. So no face at all. The one weird thing is now he's wearing his classic sort of uh, white dirty T-shirt, white jeans, 80s Casio watch, which Woody, you've, you've had one mm-hmm. for years. But he's wearing the this necklace. I kind of looked into this and the necklace represents, apparently it's sort of tied to like what's called Zoroastrianism and it's pretty deep. So, you know, you can do your you can get into that all by yourself but it's one of the oldest most ancient symbols that's on the on the planet and the necklaces of this this winged sun disk is what it's called it's like the sun disk god mm. uh, and it's called the F- Faravahar mm-hmm. you know old ancient persia links to like babylon and babylonia ancient babylonia this is like pre-egyptian but you know once you see it
0: it kind of, it. I thought of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is what it reminded
1: me right. of. Right, well, and that's the thing. It's like later on the Egyptians would, would take it as like the Osir- Osiris set Horus little symbol. You know, it's like the, it's not like the scarab beetle, but it's like the long wings. Uh, but it was actually taken from this, this Persian thing, which is, you know, Zoroastrianism, which is way older. Um, anyway, it kind of, Stands for the supreme god ah- Ahura Mazda, which apparently, which this is like so perfect for him because the original meaning of this is lost in history, hmm. which is it's just it's so perfect. But a lot of people, you know, the Persians and like, you know, they kind of say, oh, well, it's it means el- like elevation of thought, which is pretty pretty interesting. Uh, the only other time you ever see this is he has this super bizarre little interview on fox news mm. where the guy's talking he's asking him like this long question yeah. and he's making this like crazy face yeah it's
0: wild the guy asked him something like pretty simplistic about like now tell us about like when you're writing a song <laughs> yeah. uh you know something, something something and then in the background this is like a call-in situation right. so he's not in the studio with andrew wk andrew wk just starts making this just very strange, sort of like smiling face with his lip. You probably just heard my voice change because I was doing it as I'm explaining it. And it's just bizarre. Yeah, super weird.
1: Let's regroup now. You know, he's just released this record, 55 Cadillac, with his fans. It's kind of... Overall, people don't really like it. You know, he he talks about the album and says, this is the sound of a free man uh, not having to worry about global planning and recording dates and yada yada he says this is the sound of a free man playing a piano you know and it's this weird you hear like cars in the background weird piano improv there's no no lyrics it's all instrumental it's bizarre it's almost like this whole time he released this whole thing just so he could call it
0: 55 cadillac It's weird. I mean, like in his statements around this album, he talked about stuff like, you know, I'm getting updates from my lawyer as I type this. I don't really know how to feel about it. It's beyond frustrating. It almost feels like a hallucination. It inspires so much rage inside of me that Mm -hmm. my mind has to seek other outlets for that energy. And I start to feel dizzy and see stars.
1: Yeah. You know, up to this point, a little weirdness, but he's still kind of, you know, from the outside, if you're not like a super fan. He's
0: eccentric. Yeah,
1: he's he's kind of a weird dude. You see him on TV, he's doing weird stuff. You know, he had the, throughout his career, there's also been like other, there's like little stuff here and there that you would see where people would be like, oh, well, I saw Andrew W.K. on the street and it wasn't really him. He was clearly someone else, but it was with Andrew's entourage and he, you know, he got into a mm-hmm. black suburban, uh, but it clearly was a different guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is kind of this sort of like little mythos surrounding him, but if you're, if you're just a surface level fan no no
0: issues he's he's just the party guy and he's just kind of like less and less public less and less you know available he's also doing these like motivational speaking tours but if you if you listen to the speeches yeah they're just very strange what well, this it, is about go yeah. ahead i was just going to say this is about the time when if you start digging into this stuff you're going to hear things like this one interview where someone finally asks him at this like Q&A session Mm, here we go.
2: Thank you. Let's go right back to the questions. Thank you for your patience. Hi. Hi, Andrew, my
1: name is also Andrew. Okay, Andrew, yes. Um, my question is this, while, while I understand that you have various interests to protect and promises that you've made, you. um, I wanna to try to ask a question that won't be too complicated for you to answer, so I'm gonna to try to make it a yes or no question. While you have various collaborators, that seems apparent. Are you the person who's sitting on the stage right now, the voice that you're about to answer my question with? Is that the same voice that has appeared on the three Andrew W.K. albums? Thank you.
2: Thank you for your question. You may be seated. You can pass the mic on. Thank you. Anybody else? One second.
0: He just goes off stage yeah. for some time, doesn't really answer the question, seems kind of annoyed, and then answers it.
2: To answer your question, thank you very much for asking. it. Uh, to answer your question... I, I am Andrew W.K. I am the same Andrew W.K. that has been here from... I am the same Andrew W.K. that has been here from the beginning. I am the same Andrew W.K. that you have seen on all the albums. I am the same Andrew W.K. that has existed and performed for you at all concerts and appearances, including this one. I, I am the same Andrew... I am, I am Andrew W.K. I am the same Andrew WK that has appeared through at, at all Andrew WK related appearances. Thank you. Next next question. Thank you.
0: And then answers it in such a bizarre way.
1: Yeah, almost like he's reading like directions or from a script almost. Right. Well, and, and also I think it's important to add that even up until Till now, uh, you know, the more recent videos, like in the last five years or so, I mean, I would say almost every single video or anything that you see of him is like really playing up this sort of, you know, multiple
0: Andrew W.K. idea. Look, I think we need to we need to go ahead and like get it out in the open so we can just have a talk about that specifically Okay. in that there's this thing that Andrew W.K. has alluded to himself out of his own mouth. That this is some sort of manufactured yep. thing, and he even said, like I made a reference to earlier, that he at some point said, "Yeah, I am. A, I'm uh, Steve Mike." Right. So initially, when Tyler and I were kind of talking about all this, because by the way, there are so many different theories about you know what's going on and who oh, Steve yeah. Mike is, and I mean, literally just countless that we started like our gut feeling it does feel sort of like a couple different main sort of ideas Mm -hmm. the first one being that this is kind of like a manufactured thing he is just somebody that is kind of quirky anyway Mm -hmm. was a musician and kind of fit this mold into this sort of marketing behemoth ingenious sort of thing Mm -hmm. okay that's kind of one and by the way a lot of these kind of overlap which, which, by the way,
1: a lot of the fire that goes into that one is from that original, you know, quote unquote conspiracy theory of people thinking that it was this whole thing was Dave Grohl's idea of just trolling mm-hmm. the world and the music industry, which, you know, as we go forward, you're going to start seeing that like, well, maybe there's a lot more intentionality to this. But even there's even reports of, you know, back in the day in New York and even earlier when he would play these weird sort of karaoke shows. He would show up with a CD of his music. He would put it in, and then he would just go nuts and just sing and do his Andrew WK thing just just by himself. And a lot of people at the time even said, oh, well, I was at this show, and that was not Andrew WK. That was clearly Dave Grohl with a wig on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so this idea has been with him since the beginning. There's been this weird, like, not all things are... Are quite right, you know. Right,
0: but there does seem like there is an in- intention oh, behind 100%. it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, when you break down Andrew WK on the very, very surface level, let's just talk about the way he's dressed, right? Yeah, he's got a white shirt, mm-hmm. white pants, marshmallow shoes, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, and it's very like this is the uniform, right? Mm-hmm. And even something that you said earlier about how, like, some people would see, quote-unquote, Andrew W.K. and his entourage and people that kind of, like, look like him. It's almost like there's this intentional, almost like body doubling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going on. Like a doppelganger. Yeah, doppelganger stuff that's going on. An imposter. Intentionally by, you know, whoever, the record label, whomever, right? Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, too, all the things, even in terms of his tattoos, are easily replicated.
1: Yeah, it, it's a literal uniform down to long messy hair, uh white T shirt, dirty, white pants dirty. A lot of times you take the microphone and stick it in his pants, classic, uh eighties, nothing too flashy but black eighties digital watch, white dad shoes. These tattoos are like just like mm-hmm. little black squares and triangles and like but they're just really sort of haphazardly placed on him. Yeah. In in
0: but but haphazardly but also like invisible areas Mm -hmm. right and so if someone was trying to duplicate your tattoos on your arm by Mm -hmm. the way Mm -hmm. it would be pretty difficult to do because it's pretty um kind of specific well it's specific but it's also like involved there's a lot of like stuff to it right Mm -hmm. it's not just like boom a black rectangle right so there's like these almost like areas that could be used as "quote unquote" points of reference, right? So if you see somebody walking down the streets in New York City, and if you've never been in New York, I'll never forget the first time I went there. It's just like the, there's a scene in like every sort of '80s movie that has to deal with New York, you know, like Crocodile Dundee. It, it shows like just this humongous crowd where you can really be somebody and also nobody at the same time, right? Do you know mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and so you can be anonymous in just such a huge crowd but if you're a celebrity part of the way people recognize you is by you know the certain sort of aspects of your look yeah your and style. so you can kind of like you know we've all seen those memes that go around now where it's like uh, hell man I think you sent me one the other day and It was like all my life I thought I had a picture with Michael Jackson but I just re-looked at this picture and it's like this the worst sort of like <sighs> impersonator of michael jackson like with this little kid yeah and it's the funniest thing or in that movie game night with uh, jason bateman when like his buddy the the girl's like i cheated on you with denzel washington and (laughs) and she shows the picture dude and it's not even close right so in real life it's easy to mistake someone for somebody famous if they meet sort of like if they check all the boxes in terms of you know points of reference Mm -hmm. to me that's kind of what these tattoos seem like to me. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they seem like part of the uniform so that at some point, if you didn't like being famous or if you wanted to do something else for another reason, mm-hmm. you could put somebody in those shoes, yeah. in those marshmallow shoes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and, uh, and
1: make that happen. Well, and I also think that, you know, to go along with that, I think not only does he have sort of a stylistically have a theme, but he also has a theme of he's the party guy. Every mm-hmm. song is about, like, partying. It's like he has, like, such a an unmistakable just, like, if you see videos of him, it, I mean, he looks insane. He's, like, mm-hmm. heavy metal parking lot, like a dude that's just so amped up and just, like, just going for it. But it's almost, like, embarrassing, sort of cringy at the same it's time. It's over the top, yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that we, sh- we should sort of mention uh, before we go any further is, you know, like I said, he is, like, the party guy, right? And so mm-hmm. the majority of his songs are very sort of somewhat positive kind of over the top like hey we're here to party we're here to do this but it's really this weird dynamic because like for example there's a song that he has called i love nyc Mm -hmm. the chorus is i love new york city oh yeah new york city i love new york city oh yeah new york city right that sounds pretty positive pretty pretty right on he loves it yeah here's the verses. Run it over, run them out. Knock your block and tear your town. Move on corners, move around. Talk no talk, breaking you down. We are a corporation. We are a company. We cut hard, but we're cutting hard anyway. We are your mother's father. We are your final friend. It never started and it won't end. Next verse, broken faces, burning beds, deal off some for living while dead. Ride on nothing, ride your head. Got no fear, say, and not said. We are a population. We are a factory. We don't do, but we never did anyway. We are your mother, father. We are your final friend. We can't stop what you can't end. So it's this very bizarre sort of juxtaposition of like, Mm -hmm. party, 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 I love New York City, to super dark, Mm -hmm. you know, weird, cryptic kind of thing. And so this is another thing, too. As we've kind of grown with Andrew W.K., he went from party, 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 to now we're sort of in this like, modern age, if you will, of the videos being extremely cryptic, extremely, it's bizarre because, and again, it, it is the perfect show of like juxtaposition. So he has like a guitar that's that's literally a giant taco, right? Uh, <laughs> and then he has another guitar that's like a giant pyramid. Well, when you flip them upside down, you know, at his shows, he'll flip them upside down and hold them above his head. And it's kind of like the the all-seeing eye, or, like, the eye in the pyramid, this eye above his head, which is, like, sort of, you know, there's a lot of directions you can go. Your third eye, your... your so there's a lot of these sort of esoteric-type, maybe, like, Masonic, even, or, like, you know, New World Order-type... Symbolism. Yeah, like Illuminati records. kind of stuff, which, mm-hmm. again, you know, if if he is this sort of trick trickster entity you know and and it is like a big trolling kind of thing then you know it's just part of it and it's just like another thing to throw off people and you know to think oh well he's into he's into this
0: or he's illuminati or you know so at this point you're probably thinking kind of like we initially thought Mm -hmm. and sometimes still do because we go back and forth hey it kind of sounds like this guy was kind of put together maybe he's got some mental instability Potentially, maybe he's the one that in an effort to interact with his fans via a quote-unquote different voice, he has the kind of opportunity to kind of, you know, be a little harsher. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of get that blame taken away from him so he can still appear to be sort of like that positive character throughout. Right. Mm-hmm. This is around the time once Tyler and I both kind of separately got to this point in all of this mythos, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. This is when we started think like, yeah, but there's also this feeling of, I don't know, things are just so intentional, right? Like yeah. even even the way that he is, you know, acting, quote unquote, like unhinged or mm-hmm. even sort of like impulsive, um, you know, just seems kind of put together even. Yeah. And
1: I, I feel like a lot of this is hard to, this is a really difficult podcast <laughs> if if you ask me because... Like the last episode, it's a very visual thing. Like you kind of have to, you know, do some cursory research and just even just look up Andrew WK interviews. It goes from one minute he's very nervous and he's like sort of stumbling over his words and he's like he's there's nothing really cohesive. He doesn't really know how to answer. And then the next minute he's a literal motivational speaker Mm -hmm. and he's the most hyper intelligent very slick very smooth you know there's no nerves at all mm-hmm. and so it kind of leads you to the, to the the place of like well who's the real Andrew like what is he actually this weird nervous guy or is that mm-hmm. all an act right so when I first told Woody about this and and just said that we have to do this episode the research into this stuff it's pretty fascinating right like everything that we've went over thus far is it's really kind of interesting. But again from the surface level maybe you're just looking into it too much right a couple weird things you know the Steve Mike deal at one time he says it's a collaborator that used to work for him or used to work with him on songs the next minute he says it was it's a an entity a group of people which he actually does say on the literary king Live show. Then later, he he goes on to say, like shortly after that interview, he says, "Oh no, Steve Mike is just a name that I used to give myself." You know, so you have this whole weird kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But in 2020, this letter sort of appears online; it kind of surfaces. Um, what do you want to read? The letter?
0: Yeah. Again, I'm going to encourage everybody to, and we'll put the links mm-hmm. up in our show notes because essentially somebody has taking a picture of this letter and what it came what and what came right. with it in this like FedEx package. So the letter itself is dated July 9th mm-hmm. 2019 and it says but it's kind of like crossed out, yeah, Michael comma. As promised, here's the Andrew WK journal. From what I can tell, he was keeping this from 1998 until at least 2001 if you check the dates inside. I didn't explain this earlier, but I used to be one of Andrew's roommates in New York. It was only for a while, but it was pretty memorable. He was actually a pretty lame roommate. Total loner and never partied at all. Antisocial, almost sociopathic. He tried to get me to join his band project, but I thought the music was shit and I turned him down. After that, he never really talked to me again. He wouldn't tell me what he was working on, and the dude became pretty secretive and guarded, verging on paranoid. But I always knew he was up to something because he would sit at the kitchen table and be writing and drawing every night. He accidentally left a box of random crap in my van when I was moving out of the apartment. It was mostly some of his old clothes, some books, and porn magazines, and this journal. I never told him I had it. I just kept it. I'm glad I didn't toss it, but I've always felt guilty about holding on to it, so I'm trying to do something redemptive by sending this to someone who might actually give two shits about it. I did hear Andrew mention that all his journals were lost when he was moving to Florida after 9-11. The truth is, I had this journal even before then. I was pissed off at Andrew for a long time over a bunch of different bullshit, and I felt like he owed me a lot. I guess I didn't feel like doing anything nice for the dude during all that time. Hard to believe that was almost 23 years ago. Anyway, here it is with all the extra crap he kept in the pages. Do whatever you want with it, and although I still think Andrew is a dumbass and that his music is utter garbage... I've got to admit, I've sort of grown to respect his borderline psychotic commitment to keeping up his same shtick all this time, even though I still think his shtick is fucking moronic. For all we know, Andrew initially left this journal behind, hoping that someone would find it and do exactly what I am doing now. Who knows, right? Dude is a major nut job. Signed, Steve. Steve. Which is crossed out. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah, so
1: this is the thing. This particular journal is the thing that got me... Just sent me over the moon with excitement. This is this is the thing that has been, I mean, truly an obsession for me, and and it is kind of this is why I want to do the episode so bad because you really can't appreciate how weird it is without having all that other stuff that we've talked about up until now. You know, like Mm -hmm. you, this is such a story that really deserves, you know, a massive amount of context. So. When I discovered a video on YouTube by a user called Velvet Snail, and he had this video that was six hours and 44 minutes, and I've watched it several times in the last week. Man. It's interesting because he's coming from a place where he's like a real fan of Andrew W.K. to begin with, you know? And so it's it's not just a guy that's trying to, like, discredit it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a, it's a really nice perspective, but he basically breaks it all down and it's, it's fascinating. I mean, he, he goes through every single
0: one of the pages almost. So this is the notebook that Tyler's talking about is one of those old-school composition notebooks. It's our favorite notebook to write in. Yep. It's what we use for yep. We've had them. You know, our D&D stuff, but also what we used literally, because they're like 50 cents or something, and we would take them on tour and write our oh, own yeah. stuff. So whenever Tyler sent me this link and I saw this book... I mean, to be honest with you, it looks exactly like some of the stuff that we would write. Everything from like ideas that we had for a music video to like our first albums, our self-released uh, first album, like the photo shoot, what like the image that we kind of wanted to right. have. And then we just like, here, photographer, make this, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. just trying to paint the picture for the listener here that, that it's just one of those old school sort of like on the cover, it looks like, you know, black and white sort of. What do you call that, man? You're the artist. Yeah, I don't know what it
1: is. It's very, like, I mean, it's immediately recognizable
0: when you see it, but. Yeah. And I mean, like, truthfully, it it would be impossible for us to, although I got it like as bad as I want to describe every Mm -hmm. single page, you know, of the almost 350 page things. I mean, because literally there's just so much in this that you're like, I mean, some of it is kind of mundane, right? Like prices for mm-hmm. recording gear and stuff like that. Which, again, man, reminds me of stuff. That oh saw. yeah, it, and
1: not even, not only that, but it's like it, it gets deep into how much he owes on his credit card or how much. And there, let me also say, there's this. There's a lot of weird stuff, kind of, with his dad. I think we've left that out thus far. Um, his dad, he's like a big deal. Is it, is it? It's an entertainment lawyer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's like a genius, and he's written books on you know, certain procedural sort of law techniques, I guess, if you will. I don't know the the correct, you know, terminology, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of a big deal. He's really smart. And so, especially in this notebook, you really see Andrew reaching out to dad, like, oh, I got to call dad about this. Ask for a credit card number for a musician's friend. And, you know, again, that was like a big deal back in the mm-hmm. in the 90s. Musician friend was kind of like a, a magazine version of Guitar Center, yeah. Um, it's like a wholesaler. Yeah, like a wholesaler. Uh but we all I mean we all used it back in the day. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. But yeah, like what he's saying, there's so much sort of mundane stuff,
0: but even on that first inside cover, man, there's like weird cryptic stuff mm-hmm. like this is my world underlined right. three times. No like the no symbol, like no noise, no art. Um,
1: music or and die. It, and
0: it says, like, yeah, music or die, entertainer, performer, concert, show, business. And then, and then, like, at the bottom, dude, it says stuff like mirrors, doubles, double. Yeah. Stay focused, stay strong. Don't tell anyone! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, in parentheses, except mom, dad, FV, MD, SM. I think maybe it says Andy, oh, and Christine. Christine. Yeah. Uh, never explain,
1: all underlined. Stay focused, stay strong. Don't be a f-ing wimp. Mhm. Do go to page 13. So yeah, so page 13 is like it, it kind of kicks off the tone that y- you're going to see in like the rest of the book and it's to me this is sort of where it gets fascinating. It, it basically says uh, notes for music and related elements in my new presentation statement to myself in parentheses trying to be innovative in any profoundly meaningful way is essentially a fool's errand when it comes to music genres besides music as a sensory experience transcends struck through the egoic idea of any innovation anyway it doesn't really matter if it's innovative if that sonic or musical innovation doesn't deliver anything of sensational value what well, matters In any worthwhile encounter with music is the power of the cumulative and multifaceted sensation that the audience experiences. So the area of innovation more worthwhile is all the surrounding ideas. In the vicinity of the music, which is struck through, I can have a chance of innovating in everything around the music. The psychological atmosphere, that area is still relatively untapped, uncharted, so much potential. Make innovations in all the feelings the audience gets from the music. From what the music is happening inside of, how the entertainment is presented, manufactured, magical context, this area is so, all caps, neglected, if not altogether overlooked by most musicians. Actually, they intentionally dismiss this area as somehow being beneath them, despite it being incredibly fertile ground for the imagination of both the musician, creator, and the audience,
0: which is struck through. Mm -hmm. And again, this kind of goes back to last week's episode, man. You got 300 and... What is it? Three hundred sixty pages, yeah, worth of back to back page after page explanations, and I mean just minute details into manufacturing everything, folks. I'm talking about like I mean everything you can think of that has to do with this guy's yeah persona, mm-hmm. his style, the the songs itself, the the way that the songs are recorded, yeah. the his image, you know, his appearance, the. Things that he wears, even down to, I mean, so he had this
1: plan that was a 30 some odd year plan. And I'm talking, he literally has this mapped out. And if again, this is from what year is this? 1998. 98. 98. Mm-hmm. This is mapped out over a 30 some, you know, 36 year period where he breaks, and at the end of the notebook, you, you can see where he breaks it down into like what he calls ages. Where age you know two release album only release it in Japan gain weight uh get tattoos and then he literally has pages of like what his tattoos first it starts out and it's like uh skulls da, 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 da. then he like marks all that out and he's like um small geometric random you know shapes I mean everything down da- even down to his his signature he literally changed like his font of how he even writes to fit this like this character or this mantle mm-hmm.
0: i mean dude it's it is like it's, it's so fascinating. it's so intriguing it's so fascinating it's so much though that like i, I you know like we could literally talk about it for another hour uh, yeah. you know like i said it's so hard for me not to just say you know what screw it man we're going page page for page here. yeah i mean like there there's also things sprinkled in this you mentioned this when we were talking about this before we started recording it totally feels like a Tyler Durden situation here yeah. where he's got this like journal. There, there's moments where like he'll be explaining his new music style, mm-hmm. right? And by the way, he's always talking to himself. He's like, do this, right. Andrew. Rule it, Andrew. Yeah. Rule it. At, right, exactly. And at the very bottom of this page, it says, you're in this forever, Andrew. You took an oath.
1: What in the world? Yeah, man? he talks about taking an oath and making a pact, um, signing a contract... Um, make your music work like sleight of hand yeah like exactly of ear yeah that's this is on page 14 i think keep in mind 1998 there's so many moves to be made in this realm which by the way he doesn't always kind of get into this i mean there is some kind of like little clues and hints at like helena blavatsky the oto i think and they're all sort of abbreviations it's it's this alistair crowley or Crowley. There's definitely this sort of, like, chaos magic. Mm-hmm. He never says it, really. He never comes out and says it in this this journal. But, like, if you know what that stuff looks and sounds like, there's definitely some of these elements of, like, sort of being able to to alter and change your, your reality. So, a- again, I don't—we'll get into, like, what we think this is, but there's clearly some of that happening. And so he says, there's so many moves to be made in this realm, especially, all caps, If they are made with extraordinary calculation, patience, and with the utmost restraint, the number one problem most people have is that when they do have the courage to venture into this area, they can't help but blurt it out and show their hand. The urge to reveal what you're doing to the audience is enormous. This is part of the bargain. You want to show how the magic trick is being done, but not only can you not reveal the secrets of the trick, then this is in all caps, you can't even reveal that you're performing a trick in the first place. Think of it like this, Andrew. You must become so adept at sleight of hand that very few or even no one will realize that you're even using sleight of hand at all. It's like disappearing without most of the audience even realizing you were there to begin with. Andrew, focus your biggest creative ambitions on long-range audiences, manipulation, and psychological perception performance. But at the same time, you must not neglect the more primal and immediate surface areas of your music work. They both count. Make your music as objectively good as you can within the accepted and beautiful limits of the craft, but put your imagination's greatest abilities to work in the larger world that you build around the music. I mean, that is... And, f- so I mean, So yeah. suddenly, all leading up to here, we went from, this is the party guy. There's some weird stuff. He talks about this other Steve Mike character. That's really interesting. From page... One of the first pages in, you realize this dude is on another level. Mm -hmm. Like, and everything that we've seen has been the most choreographed sort of, like, creation. And what's amazing is the fact that, like, several of his records were, like, you know, on, on the Billboard. You know, he had, like, massive singles, especially for Party Hard in the beginning. I mean, this dude, like, you know, quote, unquote, made it, and that's not even his main thing yeah it's fascinating he's so it intelligent is, so smart
0: i, I really I, I i want the listeners to discover this notebook and raffle through the pages mm-hmm. on their own yeah because it's just it's just hard to believe honestly and because and, and, again there's 360 pages mm-hmm. it would be impossible and potentially boring for us to go through each one but you've got to see it though i'm telling you if, if yeah you just have to see it it's just incredibly intriguing yeah no matter if even if this wasn't him that wrote it it's still genius it, yeah it's it's you know it's 100 uh,
1: percent. i mean even down to like you know talking about like his music total sonic maximalism within the standard accepted accepted uh lineations and formal structures hard rock music it, he's he's like creating and like planning out like how his music sounds and how it'll work within the confines of not cliché or not like silly but like you know a lot of times like rock music is sort of looked down on by like academics or or you know classical sort of musicians and so he kind of even realizes that and says push it to the max make the sound of your music have you know so many guitars that you, it's it's just this huge feeling but you ever you never really hear a single intimate instrument. You never really hear a vocal without it sounding like there's a group of people. So it's like, even back then, he was creating this idea of, even down to his music, being a vehicle for like somebody else to jump in and drive. Mm -hmm. Like everything about him, the uniform, the type of music, the stage presence, everything is kind of set up in a way that, that Andrew W.K. could just, I mean, if that's who it is, could duck out and somebody else could jump in and, and pick right back up, which he does right. talk
0: about in the book as well. And so throughout this, you know, initially our, our theory was, well, maybe he is, uh, you know, put together by an organization. Mm-hmm. Even in this journal, you'll see certain areas where he'll have this, like, plan. Mm-hmm. And then in, like, a purple, you know, like one of those, like, gel pins, mm-hmm. someone is circled certain things or said yes to certain things and said like approved and it's in like this writing that is way different than any that you see anywhere else in the journal so not necessarily his Mm -hmm. um but very sort of like female looking Mm -hmm. yeah you know like as if someone's um he's coming up with the ideas someone's in charge and kind of working in conjunction with him on all of this. yeah like i'm looking at page 22 and it says computer g-base
1: Uh, sound cards, mixer, CD burner, and out to the side of all those, it just says, okay. That's another thing that's interesting in this book is like not only is he, we believe, not only is he like talking to himself in the third person of like, Andrew, rule it, and you're an idiot, Andrew. And then out to the side, it's like, or are you? Like, it's Mm. all, there's this constant sort of like back and forth of like, okay, is, is he just kind of talking to himself in this weird kind of way? Or is the book which is what i believe it sort of in tandem with somebody reading it you know like check it off and and sort of approve certain things in it it's it's really weird and it's it's done in a tone a lot of times too where it's a little you know it's like you are smarter like you are smarter than the audience and then out beside it will say uh, you must never be smarter than the audience always be the useful idiot um yeah. and again there's you know three hundred and eighty some odd pages in this book so it's like mm-hmm. you know there's a it's it's this constant like i mean really it's is it's just like
0: this t- this like this tug of war man it's right. happening whether whether it's you know within his own mind or actually happening between him and somebody that's kind of quote unquote in charge. Like one of the things says like a fake hoax question mark. Do not be faceless or anonymous. That's too easy. Be hidden in plain sight. Right. Be completely exposed and veiled at the same time. Always be both. And then that's a theme that you see on a numerous pages too where it just says always be both. Always be both. And so mm-hmm. it's like this I don't know if this notebook is like us cracking into the mind of this person and seeing all of this does it feel like this, it's kind of like the letter states, when you read all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. after all of this information is kind of collectively in your mind here, it almost feels as though even the discovery of this notebook and our ability to now look (laughs) at it and discuss it on a podcast is kind of at the end of the day doing what he wanted to do all along, Well, and which is now we're telling this story. More people are going to research it. He's he's being both. He's anonymous and real. He's like fake and real at the same time. It's the strangest thing. Yeah. Dude.
1: Well, it, looking at this notebook, I do not believe that somebody could do it today. Like I I, be, I do believe that this notebook is 100% genuine of the time. Mm, I mean, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't put together a notebook the way that that like we would have looked and the, the outlook, even though it's sort of this mastermind vibe, you know, it's like everything is so precise and clean and like broken down into like, you know, almost, you know, beyond thirty years in the future, there's there's still like something about it that feels like a musician that's starting out and I don't I don't think that, that could be faked. Right. At least at least the the vibe that I get from it. But again near the end of the notebook, you know, when he has this plan, he talks about in whatever like specific age, again, I mentioned earlier, like I said, he, he breaks everything down in like ages. So it's like, you know, you put out this record, you know, you gain weight, you put out this next album only in Japan become, you know, more underground, less mainstream, lose weight, you know, next era put out, you know, silly instrumental album, to gain access into higher, more academic, more highly trained musician circles. So Mm -hmm. it's like everything is broken down. And that's the thing that's scary about this. Like almost to a T, every single thing, for the most part. I mean, some of like the album titles, for example, you know, maybe the album title isn't that, but like there's a song on the album with the same title. So there's like, there's little things here and there that are different, but like for the most part, I mean, he's kind of still right on track. But all that to say near the end of the book, it talks about in one of whatever the age is, you know, plant a notebook that reveals everything. And so it's like, if this is the trolling, then what we're doing right now, what Woody just said, is
0: facilitating that. Yep, playing right into Mm -hmm. it. But it's impossible not to, man. And so, like, hopefully, if you made it this far, Mm -hmm. you understand that this is something that, just like us we never thought would be this in depth this complex yeah and and this interesting i'm telling you you got to you got to see this notebook mm-hmm. i mean whatever it is what it,
1: if it is fake and it it was all made last year then i think it's still just as genius but you know i don't necessarily believe that i think i'm looking at it as like the long game and this is maybe some, like, maybe the greatest piece of performance art that the world
0: has ever seen. Right, exactly. And those are, I yeah. mean, that's big words, you know? Yeah, I mean, when I think of performance art that will stand the test of time, you mm-hmm. think of Andy Kaufman. Right. You think of, well, he t- I mean, Joaquin Phoenix,
1: you know? Oh, yeah. Um, well, he, and he, I'm glad you said that, because he talks about, even in the book, like, W.K. standing for Andy Warhol, Warhol-Kaufman, Kubrick being the K, so that, like he really is like really getting into this sort of performance art idea of it. Mm-hmm. Again, you got to go out there and and, and check it out.
0: Mm-hmm. So I kind of I've gone back and forth, man, on what I think is going on here. You know, if it, if it wasn't for this notebook, yeah, perhaps this notebook is a misdirect. But if it wasn't for this notebook, I would kind of lean more towards. Some of the theories that are out there about, you know, his dad basically being part of the the finance and potential sort of masterminding mm-hmm. behind this sort of like big, huge marketing strategy right. that ultimately worked anyway. That's where I would kind of lean. After seeing this notebook, though, and seeing it all written out. Now, I know what some of you are probably thinking, like, look, there's no way we can prove necessarily that this notebook is genuine 1998 without, I don't know, taking it to a freaking carbon dating fat you know Mm -hmm. whatever but just like tyler said imagine trying to write down a day-to-day journal of your college experience Mm -hmm. or 10 years ago or five years ago i mean you know what i mean yes you're gonna have those giant details in in your mind you'll be able to kind of write them down but not at this level man not at this sort of um, like minutiae like, yeah, exactly. And even like you said, even if it is just one big hoax by someone who wrote this that has nothing to do with Andrew WK and it's not Andrew WK, it maybe just like a mega fan that knows all this stuff, mm-hmm. boy, it's a genius level if that's the case. I also think, and I know my answer is real, real long here, <laughs> for me to just ultimately say I don't know what's going on. But I, I think that... But I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that the dude is extremely smart. He comes from smart family yep. um i think there might be a little mixture of a lot of these theories tell them why woody. Uh, including i sorry i missed it. <laughs> yeah.
1: so tell them why woody tell them why what you, you know why you have a certain perspective maybe on
0: on that oh, oh, oh and you're talking about in terms of maybe potentially he's got some mental health mm-hmm. issues yeah so i mean like when tyler and i were first kind of talking about this and his behavior and certain things i remember thinking like multiple personality disorder and stuff when i was growing up and even early adulthood i just thought dude not real people are just like making up stuff trying to get out of whatever circumstance that they're in Mm -hmm. but then i worked for a mental health facility Mm -hmm. and i got to see this kind of stuff firsthand and it's uh i almost said insane but that's kind of off color (laughs) (laughs) it is uh, astonishing mm-hmm. is the only way i can kind of put mm-hmm. it to see someone one day be a certain way and then my shift's over i come back the next day and this person has transformed into someone completely different right and not so much physicality although mannerisms are different but complete different man right it's like talking to fred and then talking to Steve, who has different life experiences, different age, way that they talk about stuff. Don't know who I am. Meeting me for the first time, Mm -hmm. completely genuine, not a put on. I mean, just wild man. Mm -hmm. So having witnessed that, I can't get away from the fact that I think maybe he has some mental health stuff, and the people that are kind of working with him may not be doing it in a malicious way but they're kind of trying to kind of like water some of that stuff down and kind of rein him in a little bit when he's being a little Mm -hmm. intense. Mm -hmm. There's a theory online that exists that maybe that sort of quote-unquote break in December of 2004, potentially his sort of mental health issues kind of peaked. Mm -hmm. Maybe he wasn't on his medication or whatever. His family intervened and either got him back on medication or you know did some sort of like psychotherapy that changed him in a way, whether it was like electric shock treatment or, you know, whatever. Some people said brainwash, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Which
1: again does kind of lead back to this this sort of ongoing idea that like possibly his dad, this, you know, quote unquote organization surrounding this, you know, kind of being the real, you know, creators of this whole thing. And then he's just like this, I they, they he says somewhere like, he's just the, like a good frontman and charismatic frontman and that that's yeah. where the real deal is like the actual organization and you know obviously Steve Mike would be tied into that in the notebook it continually talks about the L- Louise Harland Corporation i looked that mm-hmm. up the Louise Harland Corporation is a div- division of Andrew W K Inc and is responsible for many areas of operation within Andrew W K Inc like in quotations Andrew W K
0: all caps so strange man
1: yeah and then it's funny because on this same thing, I, I got to say this, it's really funny. It says, "What's what are all the codes about? And it says, you know, please dismiss any sort of codes which have been, um, you know, presented on Andrew WK websites or other forms of communication. Uh, Andrew WK has never and will never communicate through codes or coded messages. Andrew WK prides himself on being honest and straightforward in all his efforts to share information fairly with his fans. Jeez. And it's just like... that's so good yeah and again all this stuff is in the notebook every single thing that you see you will find in that notebook that was written in 1998 that's why the reason that everything is so fascinating with this story is because of the notebook because everything that we've said you can find in his journal that it was written in 1998 where he's crafted and planned every bit of that this is even down to you know lose all of your friends and then it'll have like a little message where it says you can do this Andrew don't be a f-ing wimp like none of none of them matter
0: what matters is the oath that you took meanwhile him and his i guess wife cat dinnings are just listening to this podcast just laughing yeah. their butts off man
1: yeah they sure are uh he you know it is interesting that you said that because there is a particular place well numerous times in the the journal where he says like tell no one no girlfriend no wife never ever ever tell anyone except sm steve mike Hmm. and so i've often wondered being in this this big rabbit trail i've been on i wonder if his wife because he's been with his wife for a long time i think at this point i wonder if she's kind of in on this because apparently she even like performs with him now weird yeah like she gets she's like his like hype man almost like she gets on stage and like dances and does this like jazzercise kind of thing
0: but yeah pretty fascinating so so you believe that this was like I mean m- more and more I'm kind of leaning towards this is all part of an elaborate plan of his in terms of just doing what he said I mean even to the point of like using body doubles having that sort of ability to have points of reference to kind of increase the anonymity potential. yeah but then what about the part that says like in the notebook several
1: times Plant this notebook leave yeah. it with yeah that's a what I'm trip. saying yep
0: all part of his plan
1: I mean boy that's a that's 340 pages of a plan that you're just gonna haphazardly leave with somebody
0: yeah but you know it'd be kind of like it would be almost a tragedy if someone like lived and died this life and no one ever knew oh yeah you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying so like having it and then like releasing it gives sort of an audience I mean to be honest with you man I kind of like him a little bit more now. Oh, dude, right? I'm, I'm so all like in it's like all now. part of that plan to see, you know, I mean, because it's doing its intended effect, man, which is mm-hmm. like us talking about it years later during a time when, you know, I mean, I think in between his, two, his last two albums, I think he had an album that came out in 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of close to when this notebook was discovered, or at least the note was written in the package or whatever.
1: Well, I guess the notebook was found and sent to whoever this... This guy is uh, Mike, Mike Michael, maybe. But like I said, the Velvet Snail guy that does the six and a half hour video, he had just found out this stuff and he had kind of an anonymous person send him the notebook. So maybe this dude is like all part of it. But this is where I found, found out the majority of all this stuff. It's interesting because this article came out on October 14th. And then if this dude found it around October 20th, these two would have kind of been in tandem. So basically... A few days before this notebook was kind of brought to the public, you know, there's a news article that says, Andrew W.K. signs worldwide contract with Napalm Records. It says the team at Napalm Records is proud to announce the signing of international hard rock superstar and god of parting, Andrew W.K. We at Napalm are thrilled to propel Andrew to new heights, having been longtime fans of his work since the beginning. To say partnering and parting with the team at Andrew W.K. has been exciting and enlightening is an understatement. We've got our seatbelts on and secured tightly, and we're ready to party, party, party our way into the future of Andrew W.K. And then the most random thing. Keep in mind, this girl was his webmaster, supposedly, back in the early days. Mm-hmm. Christine Williams shared these words on behalf of the entire Andrew W.K. company. Everyone here at Andrew W.K. and the Luis Harland Corporation is very pleased to have this opportunity to work with Napalm Records. We look forward to parting harder than ever before. So it's like, why would you have a press release with your, like, webmaster. Mm. It's so bizarre. And then to also include, like, what I'm guessing is the, maybe the financial or sort of accounting side of the Andrew W.K. Corporation is the Louise Harland Corporation. Like, why is it necessary that she even brought that up? Mm -hmm. But it does say, and Frank Vierdy, longtime creative director, added the following, I've worked with Andrew W.K. since the late 90s and it's been a wild ride since day one. Still, after all the twists and turns, I have an uncanny feeling that the most twisted turns are about to take place. And I'm confident the good people at Napalm Records will hold on tight while we navigate the next loop in this never-ending roller coaster ride. They've seen through the big picture. They've accepted what's going on in the background, and they've agreed on what's to come. Most importantly, they're not afraid to push this next chapter and reconnect the dots from 1999, 2001, 2005, 2009, and the tears spanning 2011 and 2018. Oh, praise the party gods! So what it's is weird, all? Man. It's just it just continually gets more and more confusing and more and more fascinating
0: yeah i mean i think at the end of the day what we wanted to do was present you with this information so you can dig into it deeper it's fascinating i'm telling you the 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 more you dive in the crazier it gets the more your mind is going to change as to what's going on here you're going to read some of these theories and probably lean more towards them than perhaps our sort of like end result which is you know kind of this dude is simultaneously a genius and potentially deranged at the same time mm-hmm. and he's got this incredible plan that by the way is working to a T. And it doesn't matter if it's if it's him that's coming up with it or someone else it's it is working and at the end of the day who doesn't love a really good cryptic
1: mystery yeah especially one that's you know in the modern age i mean you know again you think of andy kaufman i mean he's kind of the, the main one that you sort of think of in the sort of performance art world so it's it is pretty fascinating to know that that we're we're part of this this rollout of uh
0: whatever it is if it is performance art then i'm on board i'm telling you you gotta you gotta see this notebook mm-hmm. yeah and andrew if you're listening um you you or kat are welcome to come on our show and explain mm-hmm. the truth to all of our listeners yeah you know we say this every single week but we really are excited about next week Because by the time you listen to this episode, that means there's only one week left in September. And that means Mm. Halloween is here. And for the second year in a row, we are going to be doing our October Spooktacular, where we Mm. concentrate on nothing but the most interesting, spooky, scary, weird stories throughout the entire month of October. So buckle up and get ready because it's going to be incredible. Yeah, we
1: can't wait. We're big fans, and I can only speak for myself. I wait year-round for October and Halloween and just everything else that sort of encompasses it. It's just an awesome time. And like I always say, we would love to have some of your own stories. So feel free to send in some voice recordings, or if you just want to send us an email and have us read it, we would love it if we could you know, tell your stories. Mm -hmm.
0: we just got to say before we go thank you so much for listening thank you so much to everybody that interacts with us on a daily basis also who is spreading the word you know tyler says every week make sure you go out there and tell just one person about Mm -hmm. our show you wouldn't realize the enormous impact that that can have Mm -hmm. Now, that's not the only way that you can support our show uh two questions for you tyler Mm-hmm. Before you answer, listen to them both. Number one, where can people interact with us? Number Instagram. two, or what are some of the other ways that people can support our show?
1: Well, number one is Instagram. I think that's pretty much the only place, really, that we care about at this point. Feel free to shoot us DMs. Jump in on the community. It's awesome. We love you guys. There's like a little family just growing and growing and growing. It's like watching a little baby grow. Uh, you can also like reach one out of those, to those like, little sponge things that you dip in the water and then it grows oh, into a dinosaur. Yeah bam mm-hmm. it goes from like one inch to like to a two beautiful inches. tyrannosaurus yeah if you have more long form questions or you want you do want to send us a voice memo like i always ask for shoot it to that would be rad at gmail.com you can also check out our link tree in our bio section on instagram to take it to the merch store and that's a great way to support us
0: yeah, you can buy us a coffee, you can visit our merch store, which, by the way, we're going to be releasing some brand new merchandise to coincide Ooh. with our October Spectacular this year. So be ready to check that out soon. Well, you got anything else, Woody? That's it, man. Well,
1: like we always say, we love you, we appreciate you, and as always. Be rad.
2: That's the way it W.K. I am the same Andrew W.K. that has been here from. I am the same Andrew W.K. that has been here from the beginning. I am the same Andrew W.K. that you have seen on all the albums. I am the same Andrew W.K. that has existed and performed for you, at all concerts and appearances, including this one. I. I am the same Andrew. I am. I am Andrew W.K. I am the same Andrew W.K. that has appeared. Through at at all Andrew WK related appearances. (laughs) Thank you. Next Uh, next question. Thank you.